God, you are so good. Christmas Day is approaching. The day where we celebrate your birth. Our Lord and Savior who has come for us. God, I ask that you would prepare our hearts. Prepare our minds. Just to be open to hear what you have to say to us this morning. Through this season. And that it may uh, cause within us an eruption of praise for you. For the glory of your name. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Luke, chapter 2, and I'll be reading from verse 15 uh, to 20. Luke, chapter 2, verses 15 to 20. I like this new table. It's pretty nice. I can have my cup there. And, you know. It's my first time using this, so if I'm doing this, it's because I'm used to holding a pulpit like this. Okay, so <clears throat> bear with me. Luke 2, 15 to 20 says this, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told." So Christmas Day is approaching. It's almost here. Um, all our times when we're on, on the internet or just going around looking at different media like newspapers or magazines, you'll see slogans uh, for Christmas. Uh, of course, in the body of Christ, we have many slogans that we will read during Christmas. Uh, one of them is, Jesus is the reason for the season. Right? Have you heard that one? Of course. Right? Jesus is the reason for the season. Uh, another one, give a little more love this Christmas. How many of you have heard that one? Uh, I've seen that uh, around. Um, this one, I wonder where if you would find out where this one's from. It's not necessarily a Christian one, but this is... a. Uh, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. <laughs> Does anyone know where that's from? Yes. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies, man. I love watching that movie every Christmas, right? And uh, yesterday I came across this one while I was on Facebook, and, I, and I, it just it hit me. And it said, the message of this season is not let it snow or even let us shop. The real message of Christmas is let us worship. I thought, wow, you know, that's so true. Christmas is a time uh, to worship, to praise God, to give God glory. It's a time of great joy. That's what it's supposed to be. But I'll be honest with you. Looking back at the year, because we're approaching the end of 2014, looking back at 2014 in the Park family home, this has been a very difficult year. Very, very difficult year. 
Uh, it started off rough right in January, and uh, it just has been a tough year. And, and for many of us here at Trinity, in this, in our church family, looking back, I was I was pondering this for a moment. 2014 for many of us was not an easy year. It's it it was a very difficult year this year. In the midst of sorrow, hardship, trials, tribulations, through it all, it's so difficult to preach a message saying Christmas is a time of joy. Christmas is a time of worship. It's difficult, but I, I, I came across this message and thought, can I really preach this message? That Christmas is a time of great joy. Christmas is a time where we need to worship God. And, and the conclusion that I came to was absolutely, absolutely, even in the midst of such trial, Christmas, the message of Christmas is the hope for us. A hope that when we truly experience this hope, it will result in extravagant worship of God. Even in the midst of trial, even in the midst of hardship, even in the midst of sorrow. The kind of worship the shepherds witnessed in Bethlehem. Now going back to the the passage we just read, Luke chapter 15, I'm going to read it again. It says this, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. Now the saying that was told was, is found in Luke uh, chapter 2 verse 10 where it says this, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God, saying glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is what the shepherds would have told Mary and Joseph what they saw and heard. And then it goes on in verse 18, And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Now the last verse there, verse 20, is where I want to focus on for this morning, where it says, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Now last week we talked about worship, right? Simply worship. We talked about that. Um, we read the portion in 
uh, Luke chapter 2, what I read just now, uh, verse 10, where the angels appeared and they, they just burst out in worship of God, saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And there's this eruption of worship, and, 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 our, and our call this Christmas is to worship God. And, and t- this morning, I want to um, just expand on that topic today, on, on worship. Um, because I think there's something that can be taken here, especially in verse 20, about worship uh, that is uh, essential for us to receive the message of Christmas. Now, when we look at that, past, or that last verse there, it says that the shepherds returned praising and glorifying. Okay, glorifying and praising. When we look at those two words, we think, well, it's the same meaning. It sounds like the same thing, right? When we look at it in the Greek language, uh, the language that the Bible was originally written in, uh, there's two different words there. And the word for praise, it simply means to express adoration, admiration, right? To sing in honor of, that's what the word there means. But the word for glorify in the Greek language, it means something a little bit more. It means to make renowned, okay, to make famous. And so those two words, praising and glorifying, are similar, but the word glorify kind of takes it a step further. Praise is to express approval, to express admiration, to express enjoyment of something. You know, last week I told you about my daughter. She received this gift for her birthday, a beanie boo, uh, stuffed animal. It's got big googly eyes, right? And uh, when she received it, just something just leapt in her heart. She was so excited and it came out in her enjoyment came out. She, she expressed it. She was praising. It was, it was, it was beautiful. She was really happy, right? And so praising is expressing admiration, expressing adoration. Glorifying is to express approval, express admiration, express enjoyment by inviting others to experience that enjoyment, that, that admiration, right? By inviting others uh, to that object of praise, making that object famous. Throughout the scriptures, we find the command to praise and to glorify God. Psalm 86.9 says, All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20 said, For you, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Now there have been people, and I would imagine there still are some people, when they hear these passages in the scriptures, um, they'll have some difficulty grasping this concept of God demanding us to praise Him and glorify Him. C.S. Lewis The great C.S. Lewis had an issue with these texts in the scriptures, especially in the Psalms, of God saying, praise me, glorify my name. He had a problem with that. I mean, take for instance, if I said to you, right, if I did, church, I want you to praise me and glorify me. You would be like, what? What are you, a dictator? What are you talking about? No way. That wouldn't be love. 
right? That wouldn't be love if I demanded that of you. So if I did that, it's something different. But when God does that, it's different. Why is it different? C.S. Lewis, the one at one, at one point in his life had an issue with these uh, scriptures, he had a revelation, a sudden revelation, and he writes about this. He's, a, he's an incredible writer. Uh, the more I, I read you know, little bits of his writings, I'm just wowed by his, his penmanship. And he, he wrote on this revelation of praising God in his book, uh, Reflection on the Psalms. And this is what he writes. But the most obvious fact about praise, whether of God or anything, strangely escaped me. I had never noticed that all enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise, unless shyness or the fear of boring others is deliberately brought in to check it. The world rings with praise. Lovers praising their mistresses, readers their favorite poet, walkers praising the countryside, players praising their favorite game. Praise of weather, wines, dishes, actors, motors, horses, colleges, countries, historical personages, children, flowers, mountains, rare stamps, rare beetles, even sometimes politicians and scholars. I had not noticed how the humblest and at the same time most balanced and capacious minds praised most, while the cranks, misfits, and malcontents praised least. I had not noticed either that just as men spontaneously praise whatever they value, so they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. Isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think that magnificent? The psalmist in telling everyone to praise God are doing what all men do when they speak of what they care about. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it is expressed. Wow. That's so powerful. Right there, right at the end there. C.S. Lewis just nailed it. The delight is incomplete until it is expressed. When we find something that is truly praiseworthy, truly excellent, truly honorable, truly enjoyable, our delight in that thing is not complete until we express it in praise. I tell my wife I love her, not out of duty, not because some book told me I need to do this, right? That's not the reason why I tell her I love her. I tell her I love her because when I tell her, it completes my experience of loving her. And in my state of love and enjoyment of my one and only, I also go and tell others about her. I'm so lucky. I am a blessed man. 
She's not here. Only if she could be here, man. Man, I hope this is being taped, Bob, right? So, <clears throat> just edit this last little bit out, you know, that'd be fine, right? God calling us to praise Him and glorify Him is not out of duty. It's not for us to do it out of duty. God calling us to praise Him is not merely so that He would receive that praise and those expressions of praise, but because He knows that it is in Him that we find our greatest satisfaction in this life, the greatest enjoyment in this life. Giving God glory and experiencing joy is one and the same thing. It is directly correlated. The Westminster Catechism, the first point, I don't know when that was written, maybe 1600s, long time ago. The very first point is this. The chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. There's a famous preacher who puts it this way. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. I'm going to say that again. Let's let that sink deep into our spirits, especially during this Christmas season. God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in Him. Psalm 1611 says this, In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Our greatest sense of pleasure and enjoyment in this life is found in God through Christ Jesus. So God calling us to praise, once again, God calling us to bring Him glory is because it is the completion of our joy which is found in Him. It is the consummation of our greatest sense of satisfaction in this life. There is no material possession, no vacation destination, no other person, not life, not death, no trial, no tribulation, no hardship in this life can mask the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. The Apostle Paul knew this, which is, right, which is why he wrote this audacious statement in Philippians 3, verse 8. Just totally audacious statement. This is what he says, Indeed, I count everything as loss. Everything is lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Jesus, my Lord. For His sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Wow. God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in Him. Jesus Christ, God's one and only Son. God is with us so that in Him we would discover joy, unspeakable, full of glory. Jesus is the treasure. Jesus is the end of our search for fulfillment in this life. I'm just going to invite Tom to come forward. Uh, we're going to have a time of communion once again.
uh, just to remember the gift of Jesus Christ uh, during this Christmas season. Uh, but be- before I call up the uh, communion uh, ushers, I just want to say this. This Christmas, may you discover and rediscover the treasure of Christ the Lord. May His presence fill your home with joy unspeakable, full of glory. And if this season is a difficult season, which, you know, at times even in our home, it's, it's been a trial. I'll be honest with you, it, it has been difficult. My hope is this for our church family no matter what it is you're going through this Christmas season, my hope is this, that suddenly you would be stunned by His unfathomable love for you. The, the reality that He is with us. God is with us through every trial, through every storm, through every season. God is there. He is the hope in whom we can trust our hope. Where in Him, it is securely found. May you be stunned by His love. And may His love fill your heart to overflowing capacity that it would erupt in unhindered, spontaneous praise this Christmas. May He turn your mourning into dancing. That is why He came. Christ the Lord, the hope of the world, this Christmas. God bless. I'm just going to ask the communion ushers to come forward and let us uh, prepare our hearts uh, for when we take communion. Uh, once again, when I give the green light, uh, what we'll do is just make your way to the uh, the end aisle there, um, you know, row by row, just towards the end, go on the outside and then grab the, uh, the bread and the, the juice and come back to your seats.